Jason and I are here at the Quad. You know, a central town, squarey type place, right in the middle of Automation Town. Enjoying some Johnny Jims. Chad has an entire fleet of dogs with him. He's supposed to be walking right now. How's that dog walking business going, Chad? You had to send many faxes recently. What's that? They said, how's the dog? Chad? I'm here. You seem distracted. No, it's just... Why is your phone? It keeps blowing up. I know, I know. I need help. Help with your phone? Help with these notifications. That was an email. Yuck. That's someone ringing the doorbell on the RV. Wow. What was that one? Town's getting raided. Excuse me? It's a game. It's hard to explain. Okay. Chad, maybe today we talk notifi okay. notifications and see if we can't can't make them a little more for crying out loud, Davis. Does your phone get enough of your attention? Look at me. Do you ever feel distracted? We're using more apps than ever these days, and each one of them wants a wee sliver of your attention span. For a limited time, get $8 off when you spend $40 at a local convenience store. But what if we could take back control of our notifications? What? Not just turning them off, but letting through only the select few you actually want to see. Ooh, that sounds bad. They were doing just that on Automation Land. I'm Jason. I'm Chad. Welcome to Automation Town. Chad, few things get me fired up like things and people that don't respect my attention span or even worse like people or things who think they're entitled to your attention span like they get bent out of shape when you don't respond to their valueless pitiful emails or don't use their thing if i'm not using your thing it's because you need to make a more compelling thing okay mm -hmm. and i think mobile notifications are a great example of this there's this battle for your attention where you're constantly at war against a lot of really smart people who are trying to come up with all the ways they can to get you to open their app or buy another thing. Ugh, there is the whole science around this. I mean, what industries popped up in the last decade that everyone, except for salespeople and marketers, absolutely hate? Drip campaigns, a thousand emails with personalized signs that have your name and a coffee cup on a photo. No, thank you. The videos where they like, yeah, like put your name into the video, even though they only made the video once. Yeah. And then they look at Twitter and like the last tweet you had was like of kettle chips or something. And they're like, oh, I see you're into kettle chips. Me too. Buy this thing. <laughs> I'll be honest. I haven't gotten that one yet. I do like <laughs> kettle chips though. Kettle chips are good. Okay. So <laughs> notifications. I went looking for a solution to this problem and I found one how to get those notifications under control. You can absolutely just turn them all off altogether, right? But the really evil thing that's happening here is you may wanna get some notifications from this app and they abuse that. So chief example, mm -hmm. Uber Eats. Every so often there's a notification from Uber Eats that I need and it's that my food is here and my tum tum's ready at that point and I wanna see that notification. What I don't wanna see the whole rest of the week is oh, $5 off Cinnabon. Like all these things that I don't need, that I don't want. What about the notification where it's like, your driver's turning left on 42nd Street. Email. Your driver's turning right on 43rd Street. Email. Yep. Don't want that stuff. So some of these apps, because you super need some of the notifications, it almost gives them leeway to like push all these other marketing things through. But I can't just straight turn them off because there's some that I want. So how do oh. we more granularly control this stuff? I got a sidebar for a second. Okay. Have you ever used Lyft? Yes. Have you ever had your phone vibrate uncontrollably until you like are in the car? No, that's weird. That's they, a thing. On, on the Android it is. Holy cow. 
I was like ready to go and I'm like, I can't turn this off. I can't turn this off. And maybe I'm just dumb and I can't figure out how to turn off this vibration, but it just would not go on. And then I lurked in the settings and of course there it is it's just there. I read up on online. It's like, yep, these lift things are just vibrating. Maybe they turned it off and they realized how intrusive it was. Oh but if gosh. what we're building today can get rid of some of that stuff and like allow us to live in a do not disturb world, which some enlightened people do live in, I'm all for it. So looking forward to this one. I don't know how we've never talked about this. I don't know how you feel about this. I wish that I was in a world that was post phone sound. I don't want phones making sounds. No, the worst is when you're in the airport or somewhere public and you got the as people are typing. typing. Oh, yeah. The typing sounds still on on their phone. It's got to be a thing where it's no longer an option. It should come shipped with that turned off. You mean like this? Okay, so you bring up a good point. Your day-to-day -day life has a lot of distractions. How many hours of the day is your phone on Do Not Disturb? Oh, on Do Not Disturb? It's never allowed to make sounds. But, I, you know, lately I haven't had it on Do Not Disturb. It is at night. Like, there's a nighttime schedule where it's always on Do Not Disturb. For a while I was doing the face down thing, but I've stopped doing that. And you know what it is? It's because I got a MagSafe charger and I got to oh, set it up on the little thing. And ever since then, I haven't even thought about that, but I used to always put it face down so that it was on Do Not Disturb. Do you think Johnny Ive or Eve would be like really angry with that design? This beyond the scope of this podcast. Oh yeah, it's probably true. But yeah, I get you. I have a rule where... The phone's on Do Not Disturb. I don't get anything unless I open it up and actively like turn Do Not Disturb off or look at the notifications. It even sits by my desk all like, the day where I'm working on a stand. But I have a rule. If my wife and kids are like, not in the vicinity of here, like knocking distance to the door, then my phone goes on either vibrate or full on in case they need to call or there's a notification. Nothing to do with the work, but all to do with family. If you're going to talk today about somehow selectively allowing certain things into our lives this may fix a massive problem in my life where i forget sometimes to turn on the sound from the do not disturb settings and i'm pumped so jason stats what are we doing buckle up clammy hands so you don't have a way to do this is that where we landed the format of this show is one person comes with an idea a concept they bounce it off the other person and say how would you do this and it's usually something wildly different oftentimes a better idea than what you did a bunch of research on Sounds like your plan is just selectively doing the do not disturb contextually throughout the day, right? No sort yeah. of like app level control though, right? No, like I really appreciate the do not disturb. And like, I'm, I'm not trying to be like elitist or anything about it because, you know, there are those incredibly Zen people. I'm not one of them, but I like the idea of only checking my phone when I want to, but I hate the idea of if there's an emergency with my family and that I can't be notified for it yeah. so hopefully someone just replies back and says you can whitelist the phone number to call through on your do not disturb dummy and here's how you do it great send that over i really need it all my problems will be solved is this where i say that's definitely a thing <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure you can tag at least on ios you can like tag family and i think they always ring through or maybe yeah, they only I ring through if they call twice in a row or something like that there is some okay. version of that, but we may be talking about two different problems here because this is like an app being allowed to bother me and taking back control over that. Okay. I have an Android and I've had the Samsung Note series of phones for the last 
half a decade. And if this is the thing that allows me to to do this, I'm sure there's got to be something on there. I got to look into it. But okay. But you got all your pockets modified to fit the note, though. So like you're committed now. It's got a little pen. I feel like I'm, I'm aging well. Like I can use the little stylus. Like it's, it's a good life. Uh, okay. So we're going to look at an app that is a way to kind of help manage this and then talk conceptually about it's interesting if you think about having more control over your notifications i think it leads to an interesting conversation about like what is the right way to approach this because we've kind of been letting the apps and the vendors and all that dictate it right so looking at an app called pushover all it is you install pushover on your phone actually on any of your devices on your phone or your ipad apple watch and all the app does is send you push notifications but it connects to anything and everything that you can imagine so the usual cast of characters zapier make it's got an api uh what else it's got a email ingest thing where you get a custom email address that you can even send notifications to so mm -hmm. it's this thing that's out there hanging out waiting for you to push things to it that you want to be a push notification and that's it. It's kind of as simple as that. So the way push notifications have kind of come into our attention span is we go out, we want this app. By default, the app's going to send you these certain notifications. You can globally turn it off, turn all the notifications off for that app. Or if it's a fantastic app and very few do this, they give you granular control over which types of notifications you want. But 10,000 foot view, what is the healthiest way to set this stuff up? And I actually think it's the opposite. It's not opt out, it's opt in. What got me thinking about this last year is I started using the Hey email app for a while. And Hey's approach to email is a little different where if you get a new sender, something that hasn't come to you before, by default, it goes to what they call the screener and you don't get notified about it. And you know, once a week you go through the screener, is this is a new sender? Is this something I actually want or not? But otherwise, unless you've signed off on it, it doesn't get in. And honestly, I think all forms of communication, all forms of notifications ought to be opt in. And we're kind of getting to that with like people not just answering unknown phone calls and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. I think this is kind of an extension of that idea that communication ought to be opt in. Nobody has a right to getting on a phone call with you necessarily or a Zoom call or, or it's like somebody grabbing your Calendly link and going wild with it and putting something on it without your permission. Like that's a no, no, right? Yet you've got the white pages with a whole bunch of people's phone numbers and anybody can call anybody else at any time. You're so woke. I'm so woke. So <laughs> if we're following this logic of like all forms of communication ought to be opt in, I would extend that to say like all of the things that try to take your attention ought to also be opt in and mobile notifications totally fall into that, I think. 100%. So let's say we threw out all this stuff and started from scratch. So we're turning off all of our noties. I do think in your case for like phone calls, stuff like that, that's not an actual app. Mm. I do think generally you've got a native way to let certain people ring through. If not on the first time, then I think if they call several times in a row, it will let them through. I do think you've got ways to manage that. It's either like a family tag or a VIP tag. But what about all the apps that we use and messaging and all that stuff? Mm -hmm. So what pushover requires is you need an alternative way to be alerted to something that you may want to know about. So like Uber Eats doesn't have an API. There is no Zapier connector for my Uber Eats. So how am I just going to get the notification that I want 
from Uber Eats. I've got a few examples of this sort of thing here. That's kind of, I think, an interesting exercise to how you could take control over these mobile notifications. So I look at all the ways that Uber Eats pesters me. And you gave the example earlier of your drivers turning left, your drivers turning right. Oh, the one I love, Amazon. Your driver's 10 stops away. Your driver's eight <laughs> stops away. Stops away. Like, <laughs> let me go back to bed and I'll get it when I'm ready. Tell me when it's on the door and someone stole it. That's it. Right. Yes. So I looked at all the different ways it notifies me because the only one I want is when my food's there because I'm all grumbly and I'm ready to eat. Well, I get an email the moment the driver indicates the delivery is complete. I get this email that says, thanks for your Thursday night order from Uber Eats. Great. We catch those, route it to something that's going to trigger pushover. And now I've got an Uber Eats notification just for when my food's there and nothing else. Genius, Jason Stats. Genius. <laughs> this is something you could sell to people. They would love it. So more nuts and bolts, like how I would actually set that up. I think what I would probably do is you need some sort of trigger. Like we've talked about in the past, I never connect Zapier or services like that to my email inbox just because they don't need to see every single email that goes through. But what I would probably use as the trigger is in Gmail or Outlook, I would set up a rule to auto route any of those thanks for your Thursday night delivery emails mm. to probably inbox by Zapier. Or the pushover inbox. Oh yeah, the pushover inbox. It's called email gateway by pushover. So that would push presumably like the body of the email or something. So you could absolutely do that. You could route it to your pushover. If you want more control over the notification, you could push it to inbox by Zapier where they give you a burner email address and that triggers anytime something hits that email. And then after that, you've got an action step that calls pushover and you can put your custom message in there, whatever. Oh, Jason, call back to the light episode. You could then connect it to IFTTT and have your lights go like in some sort of crazy thing that's like Uber colors showing you that it's delivered. Or even like something on the exterior of your house. So says, like thank a- you, Uber. Thanks. Thanks. I know you ate some of my fries. <laughs> oh, that's funny. But it's true. It's that's that's why Zapier might be a better option than just sending it over through to pushover because you can do a bunch of stuff to it. So on the one hand, part of me is like, this is ridiculous. Are you really gonna build a workflow for everything that you want a mobile notification for? But if I pare back everything on my phone and I look at all the notifications I've gotten in the last day, how many things do you actually want a mobile notification for? Maybe if it's from certain people or it's an app that you know how on Twitter sometimes you just follow a couple people. Maybe you just want you want their tweets to show up and come through, not somebody else's and not be able to find them. Those are some use cases. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like I've I've actually got very few things in my life that I want notifying me when they happen. Another interesting angle to more intentionally designing your mobile notifications is then having more control over getting a digest of those things on a certain schedule. And most phones natively will do some form of that where like they let them all through in a batch at a certain point in time. But you can absolutely do that with Zapier. Like you can customize that to your heart's content. Yeah, I like this. But there's also another thing too, like we're in the nuts and bolts here a little. With the Uber Eats example, it's something that you want to be notified for. So you have the inbox by Zapier recipient email address. You don't just have to have that used for Uber. That could be the email address that you use for all of the notifications that you want. And you wouldn't have to set up new things with new things all the time. It could just be that one thing you know. I bet you if you thought long and hard over it and you used it for three months or so, like you said, there wouldn't be too many things that are there, but you'd at least get the ones that you want. 
and hopefully the app still works. I mean, do you know how long it's been around for? Like over 10 years. And I've even got like a subreddit that's been around for equally as long. Yeah, I feel really dumb. I've never really used it or seen it before. Thank you for making me feel dumb again. I'm not sure what the right circumstances are to use pushovers custom email like and push things to that versus like catching something with Zapier. Unless on the Zapier side you're doing some sort of filtering or scheduling in Zapier or something like that. Or the lights thing. Or the lights thing. Yeah, kicking off Mm -hmm. other stuff. So I got a few other examples of scenarios where this could be helpful. So greater control over maybe high priority emails that you want to be notified about. So let's say I have two people where when I get an email from them, I want a notification. Your wife and your lawyer. My wife, my lawyer, and my wife's lawyer. (laughs) But... I don't have email on my phone. I don't want email on my phone. Uh, I think that's just a sad place to be. You could do this without the email app on your phone. Mm-hmm. So you set up a routing rule in your inbox of choice, and you either route that directly to Pushover, or you route that thing to Zapier or do some sort of special handling with it. Maybe you want the subject line or something like that. You know, phones have different notification settings, right? Like the block on the thing that's like just the title. Uh, sometimes it yeah. just says notification. Sometimes it's like two or three lines. Sometimes it's the whole screen. Do you know if Pushover has settings like that where you can control the type of notification for the type of action? I believe it does. And you can even do images. It's kind of cool. It's almost better than email sometimes or better than the native applications notifications. Yeah. That's cool. That's a good example. You could even make your own images that go through those. Through Banner Bear or Placid. Throwback to the fridge magnet episode. Yes. So you could even create your own like little visual digest. And I've got I've actually got some thoughts on that, but I'll wait till the end to get back to that. Another thing that's really helpful for me, I don't know about you. Every time I gotta get on a Zoom meeting, it gets to the time of the meeting and I'm like, well. I got to go spend seven minutes bumbling through Zoom now and make sure I'm logged into the correct Zoom account. And you're like <laughs> perpetually three minutes late for that. Always, always one to two minutes late being like, I was just checking my email. I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> so how about this for a mobile notification that I actually want to get? If the upcoming calendar events location is a Zoom link, mm-hmm. notify me five minutes before. So in Zapier, you've got a... Oh, Chad just absolutely lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to finish. I'm waiting for his face to die. <laughs> so in Zapier, we've got a trigger that's called calendar event start. And you let you say how many minutes before that calendar event you want it to trigger. And in this case, that would be your trigger. And then you would have a filter step that says, is there a Zoom link in the location? If so, it bumps push over. And then maybe I also like slack myself the Zoom link. So I've got it handy to hop in, stuff like that. Amazing. All I'll add to that is remember the episode that we did, the yeah. light one? There's one of the things that says like, well, there's actions in the API that says like, if a meeting has started yet. So maybe you don't want to get notified if you're already in the meeting. You might have it five minutes. Somebody might want it one minute or two minutes ahead. But maybe another option is to say, if you're not in the meeting two minutes before it starts, and the meeting hasn't started yet, then send it off. Or these emails that sometimes people turn on or turn off with Zoom, where it's like, a participant is waiting in the waiting room for you. Love those. Maybe that's something that gets thrown to your phone or thrown to a Slack message instead of it being an email, right? And it's useful. So combining webhooks with logic of whether or not the meeting started or not, you could have some routing of notifications for five minutes, for one minute, for when they're there, et cetera, et cetera, without having to deal with email all the time. 
I tell you what, having that notification that someone joined the meeting to my phone may actually be helpful because it's not too uncommon where there's a mix up on time zones or something like that. And somebody joins and you're like, why is somebody joining this right now? And if I've got the link like right in the notification, pull it up and be like, what the heck are you doing in my Zoom meeting room? <laughs> or just go in and say, uh, this doesn't start for three minutes or for, sorry, for three hours, Paul. <laughs> three minutes, Paul <while> Savage. <laughs> <laughs> go away. I got two other killer examples here. Project management notifications. So the bulk of my project management work right now is happening in ClickUp. And there are a whole ton of people in there, thousands of tasks at any given time. All sorts of things are happening, being assigned to me, most of which I don't care about and I'll get to when I get to. But what about the couple of things where I do want to know about them right away? Like that one project that is really important for notifications. And making sense of your project management system's notifications is like, oh my gosh, so yeah. painful. Mm -hmm. And this absolutely gives you a like a more tailored way to digest those without getting everything. So you're thinking, for just for some granularity, it's text parse something from an email notification or use the API if you're somewhat techy on this and create your own notifications and send them to push over if you need to. I mean, if you're already in the API doing stuff, you probably would just throw it to where you need to throw it. But depending on what you bring up on this custom image stuff and like what pushover plays from a hierarchy in your life of like what gets notified to you, yeah, you could probably use pushover too for that. Yeah, it could be parsing stuff from emails. ClickUp's got a whole bunch of flexibility around triggering on like anytime a task is assigned to you or anytime a specific task changes assignees or goes overdue or something like that. So that, you know, using the example of any time a task is assigned to you, that could be your trigger. And then after that, you've got filters where it only gets through if it's this client or if it's this project. Or if the project value is over X. Yeah. Yeah. You could run that all in Zapier or Make too. And then just like you said, have the filters do all the work for you. Yep. This is something we've talked about just in pushing more helpful project management notifications to Slack because it's really hard to get any sort of like helpful ongoing notifications from like any project management system I've ever used. Mm -hmm. But for something mega high priority where you want to get it on your phone, that's an interesting use case. Just looking at um, the pushover actions stuff inside of Zapier. So in Zapier, they have it connected where you can send a notification. But in Make, as is in most cases, they also have this lovely like make an API call to the pushover API. Oh so, wow. So a little bit more flexibility if you want to run all those ClickUp notifications, filter them through, route them to different stuff, and then make an API call if you don't want to send a message but you want to do something else. Cool. Last thing that I sort of touched on is digest by Zapier. So the fact that you now actually have a log of all of the notifications that you actually want, what do you then do with them? You can log them in Airtable, like park them somewhere where maybe they're going to be useful at a later date. You can schedule them for certain times, combine them in helpful ways even, because between the time when you get that trigger and it's actually going to go out in the form of a notification, the world is your oyster. You can make that into whatever you want that notification to actually be. I love it. Do you use Digest by Zapier very much? No, virtually never. I, okay. I don't. Do you? Um, yeah, should do an episode on it. <laughs> Consider a pen put in it. Pin has been put. Are you ready for your mind to really be blown here, Chad? What are you going to throw at this? Can I sell this service to my clients? Can I sell this service to my clients? Not the managing of all notifications, but your bank balance every day. 
a digest of bills being paid. Some helpful collection of things that they could now get pushed to them over phone rather than email or something like that. Maybe even, ooh, buckle up. Maybe even put all that information into a helpful image use banner bear or something like that to generate it and then that's your push notification mind blown i guarantee however you're sending that information to your client right now a lot of them would prefer for the stuff they want to see every day or maybe the really important stuff i think they'd appreciate that yeah i think what's different about this versus like the age-old let me put stuff together for you and, and give it to you whether it's project updates for agencies or ad proofs or something like this. It's, it's all email links, that kind of stuff. People get to it when they get to it. But as soon as you start working with companies that embrace the technology for like SMS and push notifications, and then all of a sudden they let you control how you interact with them, that experience in itself rarely exists. Yeah. It's the techie, techie, techie agencies are all over this for years. Yeah. I guarantee you 90% of everybody else isn't. So just the choice alone shows that you're uber woke. Two, thank you. Being able to get the image created in a way that's on brand with you and full of permission from them to send it to you is great. But there's one caveat you have to have somebody maintaining this. The integrity of the data must be good, right? So if you're using Plaid or Flinks or another fintech tool to grab the data, what happens when things go down and like it doesn't work that well or the balance is really wrong? because of some transaction that got posted from a hold way back when or something. It's just it's just wrong. You are at risk. So automation can give it and automation can take it away. You are. In the scenario I'm thinking of, it's stuff that you're already sending another way. Automating that, whether it's email or anything else, definitely risky. What we've done is create like an internal approval process. So it will automatically generate the thing, but a human being is still going to look at it to make sure everything makes sense. I think you could do something similar. And this is just one more channel by which you could send that stuff out. In the case of my clients now, something we do that they really pay close attention to is like short-term cash planning, especially for companies that are more cash strapped, where they're thinking about when is the next payroll coming up? What Mm -hmm. bills do I need to pay? That sort of thing. Uh, They would absolutely love that because it kind of bypasses all of the other fluff they have coming in. Yeah. And to be on top of that stuff daily, and you know, keeping your books up to date daily, it's it's really tough for a lot of people to do that, and like me included. So maybe what you're saying is there's a fine line between like absolute and like good enough. So the good enough in that scenario could be, hey, I've got all the pay dates and all of the anticipated amounts coming out of the bank account projected for the next couple of runs. Someone's in charge of that. We know the bank balance and somebody is going to maybe take a look at it and say either, do I just send that? and let them do all of the calculations of how many bills I need to pay and who's going to pay me, I think that would be fine because you're reducing the risk on yourself from estimating something incorrectly. But if somebody wants that extra bit of analysis, maybe that's what you can sell. And the stuff that is quite static but helpful is just a service offering that you give. So you originally asked, can I sell this to my clients? Probably for the data that is just there and it's like not a lot of manipulation, maybe you don't sell it. It's a customer service thing. But you could upsell to analysis. And that analysis, whether you're an ad agency or a marketing agency or a project construction design firm or something, like that analysis and projections and like human involvement of like what they're paying for on a continuous basis. I think you could totally sell that. Yeah, that client has all the same problems I have. And in all likelihood, they've got their Uber Eats scenario where they're like, 
you know what, I really need to know about this as soon as it happens. And maybe right now they don't have a great way to do that. Maybe because they're on job sites all day. They don't get to their email until the end of the day or, or something like that. You know what you could sell them is if an amount comes in the bank that's greater than $500 or something, and it's a deposit, send every bit of reference information. If they're on a great like data-rich bank like Relay Financial or something, you'll have access to all kinds of information to be able to, to send them when they get notified of that type of work. It's super helpful. And it's something we tried for one customer a while ago. It just became too hard to maintain, and we didn't have paid subscriptions to Plaid mm-hmm. and Flakes and all that stuff. But now we do. So I, I like that. And I think there's, there's, there's a lot of potential. Are you doing anything like this? With notifications? Hmm. And selling them or trying them? We do. Yeah, we do like automated reporting that we sell and that sort of thing. And this is just another channel through which we could push it. I don't know if it's different. In some ways, it may be more valuable, but... So I'm probably just full of fluff then. You're the, you're the one actually doing it. What percentage of customers would opt in or pay for something like this? Uh, we've got maybe 25% of our monthly bookkeeping on a cash reporting engagement. Yeah, and it's like you said, it's not full. We're not doing the full bookkeeping to do that. All we're doing is we're pulling the bank balance. We have a list of outstanding checks, and we're pulling from the bill pay system all the upcoming bills. Hmm. That can totally be automated. That's great. Let's bring this home before you make this super nerdy and people stop listening. Too late. Too late. A couple other odds and ends. You can set up different sounds. Different <laughs> notifications. <laughs> no way. Uh, but don't do that because we're posts, We're in a post-sound society. That's right. With iOS, you can tag those notifications as quote-unquote critical alerts, which will always bypass mute. Oh, so possibly that phone thing. Yep. I think it'll pass critical stuff on Androids too? Not familiar. I don't know. I was looking at the recent updates, and that was one specific to iOS. Hmm. Probably have to go back to an iPhone soon. Okay, keep going. And last, which I think is kind of interesting, so Android has long been ahead of iOS and how notifications are managed. And for quite a while on Android, you can actually take actions on notifications. Mm -hmm. I don't think this is something Pushover supports right now. But man, if iOS ever got to that point, where you could take actions on a notification. Imagine this going as far as being able to like approve or deny something from a notification. Yeah, that is really good. Just some sort of button that then sends a webhook back or sends some sort of response back to something. Yeah. I mean, half the world hasn't caught up to Slack buttons. Like this is this is next level SMS stuff. I wonder I wonder if this is the early days of like when email marketing came in, it was all the rage and you know, people like Gary Vee got into it and, you know, made kajillion dollars on it. Is that SMS now? Like, are we at the start of that, or is SMS already pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty saturated? Are you getting like nonstop SMS from like people running for political office? Oh, so uh, we have a U.S. cell phone uh, for you know we're Canadian, but we have U.S. cell phone for you know U.S. two FA stuff uh, for security stuff. That phone is a storm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's. It's a storm, and the amount of spam calls is just, yeah. I don't know how you do it. Um, I can see why the person that had this number before must have just like said, nope, <laughs> sending this back and getting a new one. It's pretty bad. How, do you get the same sort of stuff? Yeah, I get 10 plus spam calls a day, a bunch of spam texts. My best story on this, I was talking to somebody on Twitter about this today. We went out to Verizon, set up a line just for 2FA. Because when you're an accountant, you have logins for hundreds of companies and you have to send codes and somehow your team has to get access to those codes. Mm -hmm. 
So we got a phone just for receiving those codes. It forwards those to Zapier and it goes to Slack. Went out, got a phone, they give you a number, tell my team about it that afternoon and I'm so proud of myself. I finally got this solution for this thing. It's been a huge pain in the neck. Hop in the next morning, somebody's like, hey, don't go to the 2FA channel on Slack. So what do you, immediately, what do you do? You go to the 2FA channel Slack. A lot of nudes. <laughs> a lot of nudes. Uh, this was somebody's Tinder uh, verified phone. phone. Yep. <laughs> so had to get a new phone number, needless to say. <laughs> The next one was better. We still got a message that was like, why do you never send me sexy snaps anymore? Uh, heart eyes emoji. But it hasn't gotten any spicier than that. So yeah, US phone numbers. I don't know if they're all this way, but I haven't had good luck either. Keep going. Ours is not so bad. I think it's fine. Okay, so you've got custom sounds, critical alerts. Anything else? That's all I got. I think it's feedback time. Feedback time. Feedback time. What do you think, Chad? Did we make your life any better here today? I've shared the, this is how I turn my phone off manually when my family you know, is not near me thing. And even just saying that out loud reminds me of how much like human nature is just like to stay the same. And I bet you it's one Google search away from fixing. And pushovers existed, like you said, for a decade. I looked at it. Nope. I have other people. Probably absolutely so. But it's just not one of those like vernacular tech tools that you hear out in the world mm. like Airtable or Zapier or something else. So you started the conversation of saying like, I want control over my notifications. So 100% this controls it. But I worry that the technology and the work involved to make it work, if not done well and routinely and consistently will turn it into something where it's just half done and like that's the story of my life with every every new tech that i try to how about you yeah if you go full dystopian and turn everything off and solely rely on this like that's a project i think more realistically where people dip a toe in the water is like project management system i think is a good example maybe there's that one thing and you just need to know as soon as it happens and that's the best way for you to be notified regardless of where you are and what device you're on so the reality is you're probably more granularly pulling some of this stuff in. But I will say, I think there's certain apps in my life where I will happily turn them off completely if I can more selectively get a specific thing out of them. I agree with you. There's also not very many tools these days that have like a one-and-done pricing model, one-time purchase. Yeah, I just checked out the pricing on Pushover, and it is insanely reasonable. I wish yep. more tools. $5 one-time purchase per device yep. for an individual, free to try for 30 days. If you're a business, you want to manage Teams, it's called Pushover for Teams, $5 US per user with centralized user management, and that's on a per month basis. But you can also do things like priority message queuing and fallback delivery if somebody doesn't you know, answer something. It's kind of cool. And at that kind of pricing, like I don't know why someone wouldn't try it just to see if they could do it for that one thing, whether it's Uber or getting a call from the right person. You know, that's actually a fantastic use case if you're managing field workers and you don't have some sort of app that's already pushing these notifications. Like if you have things that the mothership needs to notify everybody about, but you don't have an app that everybody has on their device where you can already do that stuff, this is a great way to keep teams in the loop even. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing. The reality is, are you going to turn every single thing that on your phone off? Probably not. There's going to be some things you can't get hooks for too. So like when your town is raided, I don't think you've got like an email you can catch or anything else. But maybe there's a couple of those situations where this will make your life a little bit easier. Yeah, I hope so. All right. Thanks for this one. 
Automation Town is hosted by Chad Davis and Jason Statz and edited by Paul Amara. Share your problems with us on Twitter at Chad Davis. Is it just Chad Davis? Yeah. And J Stats CPA. How do you spell that? Stats S T A T S. It's a palindrome, but it has CPA at the end, so it's not a palindrome. Right. So we're following along. J S T A A T S C P A. You did say it right. If you're enjoying the pod, please leave Automation Town a review by submitting a note in person at the Automation Town Civic Center or sending a fax to 555 908 8 